Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 17th, 2020. This is the sixth Sunday of Easter. Uh, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church. And not Holy uh, Family Episcopal Church. <laughs> representing Holy Family Episcopal Church on the interwebs. Uh, yes. And uh, 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 still practicing uh, safe distance. Uh, and uh, I think we had mentioned it uh, last week, Bruce, but on, on, our, on our podcast. But uh, while... Uh, Portions of the Indiana sector are opening up, and uh, uh, there is some um, availability for congregations to worship together. Um, um, uh, even with the governor's uh, kind of recommendation and the bishop's decision, uh, we are still not uh, congregating in purpose. So we are, or in purpose, in person, <laughs> and uh, hopefully with purpose. <laughs> we have no purpose whatsoever. Um, no, uh, um, in person. Uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, for the time being, uh, and uh, so we will continue but doing things online. Just need to clarify one thing: the, the bishop yes, has please. not given us permission to worship in person. Yes. We probably wouldn't be anyway, but I don't want it on her shoulders. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, if I misspoke, uh, uh, even the governor uh, recommended that that congregations not right, um, uh, even though permission was granted, and the and I think the bishop was of the same mindset that we would not. Um, so, um, I think even stronger think... than the governor, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Um, so, uh, we will continue to do things, uh, uh not live on the internet, uh, uh, for the time being, uh, which is still, still kind of fun. It's, th- there's still some novelty to it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you some, can see me fun. in a tree if you see last week's service. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Bruce got stuck. Uh, no, so I... we had. There was no. Yeah, that's why you hear a lot of wind on this one. I'm still in the tree. <laughs> Bruce got stuck in a tree, so we had no choice but to have it recorded while he was stuck there and waiting for the fire department uh, to get him. Grandchildren out. laughing at my feet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, but this past week, you'll also see, uh, in addition to Bruce in the tree, you also see some some very nice uh, uh, Mother's Day wishes. Oh as, yeah, uh, um, those are which, wonderful. Which was a little bit of a bummer, uh, not to be able to do those uh, in person uh, and and uh, as a, as part of a congregation because the Brotherhood does a, a great job of uh, of making that day special. But uh, um, times are different for right now, and yeah. uh, just uh, not this year. So maybe next, maybe next year. Right. Um, let me move on to the word of the day. Uh, Hopefully, I will stump Bruce on this one, but maybe not. Um, You're on a roll. I, it's been a while since I've gotten one, it feels like. Uh, it, it has been, so you didn't really need to step. Well, it's been a while since I gave you a softball. Uh, so. <laughs> you don't have to. It's, uh, actually, I enjoy learning something when I get it wrong. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. Um, so there's there's a, some good context clue in the what the word is, so we'll see if it, you, you pick it up. Uh, novitiate. Oh, okay. That one I know. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the um, it it's the entry level for joining a religious order, male or female. Um, Ooh, close! Oh, close! Um, Very close. The 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 entry level is. Technically, because that was one of the words uh, previous to it, uh, is is still technically novice. So novice is still the okay, level yes. name. So novitiate 
is uh, um, a little different. So, is it an o it's, okay? Let me ask this clarifying question: Is it an yes, overlapping stage of joining the order, the between the two words, or are they distinct? Yeah, yeah I would say stage. Uh, uh, it, the key word being stage. Uh, yeah, it would be. Okay, so I believe the novitiate is the, in a sense, the class, the group, and novice is the individual. No, uh, okay. but, but I give up. But the, <laughs> so the novitiate, even though it's phrased that way, makes it sound like it's a person or a group of people, like a physical body of per people. But it actually specifically uh, uh, um, points to the period of time. Okay. So yeah. that's the, what the, I meant. The, the label is for uh, the entire period of training that novices in a monastery or religious community uh, uh, partake in. Um, and it may, they throw in a little bit of information here about it, it may lead to, which I didn't think this was, I didn't realize that this was a thing. Uh, temporary vows of, po of poverty, celibacy, and obedience um, that will later be replaced by final or perpetual vows. I didn't right. realize. I didn't realize like you would take a. I mean, I guess that makes sense uh, uh, until you're done being a novice. Uh, are you permanently <laughs> held to a vow of poverty, celibacy, uh, obedience, or, or, or what have you uh, to an order that you later then don't? go into <laughs> like I, right. I, guess, I guess that makes sense that it would be temporary but i never my brain never thought of that um and and uh, uh let's see here the the community discerns the novice's personal call and uh, capacities while the novice seeks to discern if he or she is called to the community and willing to follow its rules and customs um novices may leave uh and you see actually you know the way that they phrase this last sentence makes it sound like a group of people again though uh, novices may leave the novitiate at any time, but I guess I guess that could it, still be. It's see that's time. why I said it was a stage. I mean, it was a yeah. It was a, a, and it's technical. No, I won't say that. Um, yeah, it's this period of time when everyone involved is discerning the mm -hmm. person who wants to join the religious group, the monastery or the convent. Um, the religious community itself discerning about that person. And so it is a, it, it is a time when either one can back out without penalty, so to speak. Right, 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 right. Either side. So, so anyways, uh, yeah, the, uh, novitiate, uh, the, the period of time, uh, of, upon which a novice is trained in, in a, in a monastery or religious community. Mm -hmm. So there you go. We all learn. We all learn. And so in, in light of that, I will take a t very temporary vow of uh, attention uh, to our, uh, our our readings this week. Uh, no. <laughs> and then and then I'm going to and then I'm going to break them <laughs> and leave. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the readings uh, for this sixth Sunday of Easter. And by the way, uh, we have um, we only have really one more quote unquote Sunday of Easter and then right. a special Sunday in that's that's still part of the Easter the, the the bookend of the Easter season and then we go into my favorite time of year uh the season after Pentecost uh, right that big long I, green season of which I said that ironically because I yes I know. <laughs> come on let's 
we can make it more festive than just the season after a season that we care about. Um, but I digress. I think I've made that complaint before. And, and I think you have rightly pointed out to me that uh, it has more meaning than just being the season after a season that we care about. Right. It has a lot of good stories. In terms it does. of the, the scripture readings. It's when they it can, really does. They don't have to worry. The lectionary creators didn't really have to worry about, okay, now we got to talk about Holy Week. Now we got to talk about Christmas. It's here's right. one of the best stories Jesus ever told. Yeah, I was, I was just about week. to say, I was just about to jokingly say it's the fruitcake of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, liturgy seasons, but it's really not because no one likes fruitcake and uh, there's a lot of good stuff in the season after Pentecost. So I'm trying to think of the more appropriate smorgasbord uh, yeah. style food uh, that encapsulates. But a uh, good one uh, that doesn't uh, make you ill. Yes, exactly. And that hasn't wasn't made three years ago and still has a shelf life for another seven. Right. Um, but um, but but yeah. So uh, um, it, it's a great season that we're going into. It's a great season that we're uh, currently in. Uh, this is a this is a good time of year. Every time of year is a good time of year. I That's were, right. I, I know what you were going to say. I, I'll just cut you off there. <laughs> you have learned well, um, Grasshopper. <laughs> I have. I have. Um, so uh, as it's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> Can't can't wait to get these vows off me. Um, uh, the uh, so, so as with the other uh, Sundays of Easter, uh, we are continuing uh, here on the first reading in the Book of Acts. Uh, right. We have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, jumped a, a substantial uh, right. a, a amount uh, ahead here in Acts, um, and um, this is Acts chapter 17, verse 22 to 31. Then Paul stood in front of the uh, Oropagus. Oropagus? Oropagus? Do you know First how to say time that? You said it, I think it's right. Oropagus? Uh, Oropagus. Go for it. I forget it. which one. <laughs> Either way, Paul stood in front of it and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with an inscription to an unknown god, quote unquote, to an unknown god. What, therefore, you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals." While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, he now, command, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Um, so, first things first, the word that I didn't know. Um, tell us a, a little bit about the setting, the the, the Oropagus. What is What is this i assume it's a building or it's a play it's obviously a place it's a physical space 
of some sort. What what's the what's the setting here for for what for where Paul is talking? Well, he's in Athens, and mm-hmm. it's um, a hill on which, according to the definition I have here, is the highest is a hill on which the highest government council uh, met. Mm. Uh, and so it you know it's a pro- it's sort of like he's on the steps of the Supreme Court building. I gotcha. So he is, he is, he has gone to a foreign land and is uh, proclaiming the good word and not in a little, you know, 12 seater cafe right? in like, you know, the, the, the biggest, one of the biggest forums he could, he, uh, of the day, um, um, or the, one of the more prominent spaces in the city. Right. And the Greeks at that time had a, a centuries long tradition of, public discourse being in public. So, you know, the equivalent, it's almost like how here in our times, um, 20 years ago, everyone watched one of the three network TV shows, news TV shows. Back then in Athens, people expected to get news information and commentary by going outside to a large gathering space, and there would be public speakers available to them. Okay. So folks would seek out these locations to hear a good speaker. Hmm. Hmm. So it's okay. not like he just stopped and tried to draw a crowd. The crowds would already be there. So strategically, he's going to... He, he's it, This is the equivalent of him uh, either producing an op-ed in the, the largest circulation newspaper or... Uh, going on the largest TV network uh, with in a the prime region. time special with a fr- yeah okay I gotcha okay yeah uh, and um, then so there is is there a space uh, it, 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 he references a space where he found uh, an altar uh, to the unknown god uh, what's the historical context be, behind this is that um, well, do we know anything about what he's talking about Sadly, we can't. Archaeologists have not have not ever found a shrine to the to an unknown god. But what the presumption is that by reading the the literature of the Greeks is that there there was a sort of um, to whom it may concern spirituality that there mm. was a, an awareness that somehow they weren't hitting all of the supernatural forces, all the divinity that was out there. And so would say prayers and things like that to gods without a name. So, so this is the, uh, this is the hodgepodge God. This is the, you know, Hey, we've got the God of war. We've got the God of love. We, you know, we know the basics. And then if we missed any, that's covered by this other one. That's we don't the, know. <laughs> in a sense, that's the traditional interpretation of what Paul's saying. But there's also a deeper thing, uh, I think a deeper dynamic of an awareness within the individuals, which is that God spark in every person of, mm-hmm. okay, I've made my sacrifices, I've made my offerings, I've said my prayers at all the, at the various temples for the different concerns I have, but I still feel this longing. There's got there. I know there's something else deep down in mm-hmm. myself. I know there's something else, and therefore I will pray to the to an unknown God. Hmm. 
And so it, Paul it, is claiming, in a sense, that unknown God space. Which is interesting, as, as, since that's his uh, hook, I guess, as, as it were, to the Athenians. Um, hey, you, you say this unknown God, let me tell you who this unknown God is. Yeah. It kind of creates the, um, um, the, the chance that it's interpreted of like, oh, okay, so that's who the unknown God is. So we still have the God of war, still have the God of love, and then your God is our unknown God that covers everything else. Um, which, which, which would be weird. And, And obviously that's not. Paul's point, but as this is worded, that would be like the that would be my fear that that the Athenians get it wrong because what you're saying, Paul, is uh, you know this is that unknown God. <laughs> well, he then got he. If we kept reading, and you know, there's only so much time on a Sunday, That's we true. would That's hear him getting more into more specifics, and even the response of the crowd. Just one verse further says that. Um, after he had told them of the resurrection of the dead, some scoffed. Um, but others mm. said, we will hear you again about this. Hmm. Um, that, yeah, we want to hear more. Um, so, so the, the, so the, pro, the only problem that I would, uh, that I'm really worried about then is it would only apply to, uh, uh the Athenian with a short attention span. Like, which is hey, the, <laughs> always the problem for churches. <laughs> You have an unknown God. Uh, my God is your unknown God. And then like this one Athenian goes, got it. And then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you got to pick up the kids. Uh, yeah, my to-go order's ready. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. There's, That's so funny. There's also a possibility. And, and again, until we get to having it to ask Paul, we don't know. Um, there's also a possibility that he was insulting them with the unknown God. Oh, like a mock. He image. does yeah. have that bone in his body. Uh, you yeah, can tell he has from that ability. <laughs> 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 uh, he butters uh, them uh, up a little bit, and then he kind of gives them a little bit of a dope slap. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, perhaps a perhaps a, uh, a characteristic of his prior life uh, that carried over. Um, yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, you're very religious. In fact, you're so religious that you don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and there that and sounds certainly like Paul. that would be Paul's and any faithful monotheist's feeling walking around Athens and seeing all the religious activity that they know is totally shallow um, mm-hmm. and misguided. That you know, it'd be quite easy and. Um, Comment and comment, commenting on that to mm-hmm. say, you know, just because you do it a lot doesn't mean you do it right. And just because yeah. you have so many gods doesn't mean you're anything more than shallow, superstitious people. Right. Which uh, for the Greeks who saw themselves as the height of civilization, yeah. even then. Intellectually superior, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was a bit of a, wait, what? <laughs> what did he just say to us? <laughs> I believe that gentleman insulted us. Yes. <laughs> harumph, harumph, do you harumph, say? Harumph, I say. Um, he also uses, uh, in verse 28, he uses a couple of uh, quotes. Um, are, is, he, is he quoting, do we have like uh, specific links to Greek poets? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, he's, he's quoting Greek poets. And mm-hmm. interestingly, um, in whom we live and move and have our being, is has been in the 
um, Episcopal Book of Common Prayer now for centuries because yeah, and and many Christians have picked up on that as a very strong and meaningful image, but it, it originates from a Greek poet. So, so uh, uh, Paul's really kind of, you know, if you're looking at it through that lens, uh, and we're correct in that he's uh, uh, both mocking them and then, but uh, uh, and then uh, uh, speaking to them, he is kind of flexing his muscles here uh, a little bit. Like he, he obviously he knows his audience. Uh, he knows what they're. He knows uh, where they're. They're. He's attacking their 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 center of pride a little bit because uh, uh, he knows that that's that's a. Uh, both both their their strongest uh, sense and then probably also then their 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 weakness uh, they they are very likely to listen if you insult what they think they're best at right um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, demonstrates how much he knows of their culture um, yeah uh, uh, quoting a poet uh, a Greek poet um, two different ones uh, actually would yeah okay uh, see there you go yeah um, uh, would would uh, so he's flexing a little bit here in this moment it kind of seems that it's just kind of interesting. Well, and it, it's a very good um, literary or uh, teaching technique of saying, yes, I'll grant you this, but here's how I would apply that. Mm -hmm. that you, know, you know, you can, yes, your famous philosopher poet said in um, him, we live and move and have our being. But what that dude was actually referring to was the one true God. Yeah, And so part of that is a comfort for someone who says, I love that phrase. I don't want to give up that, that phrase. And, oh, okay, I can bring that with me if I start to follow the one true God. Right. And so begins the long-standing process of the Christian church uh, allowing the surrounding uh, societal influence to uh, uh, morph into its, uh, into its culture. Uh, yeah. Because... We did we did that a lot over the years. Uh, still do, of, still do. <laughs> um, and uh, what was I going to ask as well? Um, oh, I was going to make a joke about uh, uh, the translation making uh, uh, being a little uncomfortable. We need to find a new word uh, there in verse twenty-seven. Um, um, we 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 don't use the word grope anymore. <laughs> we need a new translation. Um, that was. <laughs> But, I, but but knowing the the definition of that word that makes kind of sense like so it, like uh, uh, if you're generally speaking the concept is is like enshrouded uh, in, in, in darkness and you're grasping at it and, and reaching out uh, desperately to find something and perhaps um, in a clumsy way in a very yeah in a very clumsy way so um, um, which, which in a way that that it's 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 a <laughs> As uncomfortable as the word is culturally right now, um, uh, a very interesting definition for how we do kind of live our life uh, from time to time of this clumsy, desperate grasping at straws uh, to try to search for God um, and and kind of fumbling around in the darkness. Uh, uh, not not always yeah. do we do we have a clear picture, and that uh, that in a way that resonates with me because that's, that's, you know, that I, we've, I think we've all had those moments where we oh yeah are, are desperately, desperately searching and have no idea what we're reaching out towards. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. That, that's a very um, good summary of anyone's d divine pilgrimage, but especially the Christian pilgrimage. Yeah. So, um, 
but uh, but yeah, so they, they, this uh, so he's kind of starting to help work through with the Greeks, like deconstructing this concept of uh, idolatry and 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 um, um, starting to introduce a, a single deity concept, uh, which was very countercultural for them. Obviously, uh, they had they're they're quite famous for all their gods. Um, um, what else? Uh, like like you said, I wish the the, the reading went on since the yeah. conversation, or at least the speech, continues, uh, so we could have a bigger picture of how he rounds out this argument because we don't come back to it next week. No, no, um, not time. Um, well, one one thing I also want to point out that it's awfully easy for contemporary readers of Acts to forget is God's active in all this, and mm-hmm. culturally, even to the step back from the religious um, orientation I have, there's culturally, internet, throughout the, the world, throughout the Roman Empire, a growing comfort and even attraction towards monotheism. Mm. That the, the Greek poly-god structure, multiple god structure, was fading from popularity. And some say it was getting stale, yada, da, da, da. But I think it's really God was moving through that culture and saying, okay, you've had the baby food. Now it's time for the adult food to use an image Paul would mm. use elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, making the people pretty open to a new concept of how divinity works. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of using the family structure to explain our relationship with God uh, and how one progresses from infancy into, you know, uh, young adulthood uh, is is kind of is kind of apt. And and uh, as you're t- saying that, uh, talking about going from you know kind of a multi uh, um, uh, source deity culture into a singular. Um, we do that with our kids too. Oh yeah, uh, not not so much deity based, uh, but like you think about you know the Easter Bunny, the the the, uh, the Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, and then when they grow older, uh, the parents finally get to go. No, it's just me. Right. <laughs> Those guys don't exist. It was just me, singular. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, and Tooth Fairy's not real. <laughs> But and and sorry, spoilers, spoilers. I should say, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, hopefully no one's listening to this in the car while driving the youngins somewhere. Wait, uh, wait what? <laughs> and you lied to me. And the sorry, as I refer to sometimes, I was a anthropology and social work major in college, two different majors, and the anthropology part of me thinks about how. Those stories of um, Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, yada, da, da, prepares a young mind for thinking about something beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. Because it's still, when they're young, they're still at a stage where they really don't differentiate themselves from their parents or, or their household. Um, whether mm-hmm. it's multi-generational or their siblings and all that. All of that is them, themselves. And it's hard for them. They literally can't imagine something happening that's not part of their own will. And so to introduce these fictional characters 
that act mysteriously and beyond what the child can comprehend, how does Santa get down the chimney, yada, yada, um, helps them to actually grow intellectually to begin to imagine their things beyond themselves and forces more powerful than themselves, which does make it easier to lead, to walk into a genuine faith of the one true God, which admittedly some atheists say, okay, you're just extending the Santa Claus myth, but um, I don't think it's, I don't think that's true. (laughs) Well, I would expect you to not think that's true. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I get paid not to think that's true. (laughs) That would, that would be a, that would be quite the reveal on this podcast. We're like, yeah, they're right. They're right. right." All six listeners would be scandalized. (laughs) (laughs) What did Bruce just say? (laughs) But yeah, it's just part of developing a, a tiny person's, um, intellectual abilities and therefore their spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, uh, to, to uh, I'll, I'll cut a very broad conversation uh, 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 discussion short. You better uh, 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 because no one wants to listen to us drone on forever. Um, <clears throat> but um, to carry this that analogy all the way through, um, we're, 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 which which would be apt for where we are now. Um, um, the, the, as we get older, uh, we become a lot more self-sufficient, self-centered in, in, in a good and a bad way. Yeah. Um, and eventually as we get older, um, we become more codependent and, uh, realize that, uh, it's not, it's not so much what I alone can do. And you kind of come back to that communal concept as you, gain uh, time, wisdom, and, and experience, you, you realize that, yeah. I think by and large, you realize um, living as a, a, a man or a woman as an island is not, is not uh, as, uh, as um, desirable as, as, as you once do when you're, you know, in your late teens and yeah. early 20s. And like, oh, you yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I don't need anybody but me. And then you kind of, gain experience and wisdom and realize you know what it, we're really we really are a lot more interconnected uh than uh than i than i thought uh, when i was young so right um well let's move on then yeah uh to first peter verse three or chapter three. three chapter three verse 13 through 22 and um that reads this way. Here, hold on. I'm fixing something on my end. There we go. That's better. Okay. Uh, now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you, from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He has put to death in the flesh He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison. 
who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, though the resurrection through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is seated and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. I really wanted to add extra words to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so as as we discussed before, this is not Paul, but in the style of Paul, which is why there's a billion commas in these right. in these sentences. I think that's like the longest run on sentence I've ever read in my life. Um, uh, but uh, um, the 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 author brings up a very interesting point um, about suffering here, uh, and it reminds me of. Um, uh, of of something that I've used before in my own uh, uh, faith uh, base of faith, uh, but he's uh, which I'll get to here in just a second. But he it's, he says it's better to suffer for doing good uh, than evil because if you suffer uh, uh, from doing good, your conscience is 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 clear, and people who suffer uh, uh, um, who 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 shame will they'll be put to shame for people who. Um, uh, enact the suffering on you for doing good. So you'd rather be, you'd rather be, you suffer for doing good things than, than, than getting your, you know, just due for doing things evil. Yeah. Um, and that reminds me, uh, I don't know if you uh, have heard this story before, um, but uh, the, I think he was Greek uh, Pythagoras, uh, yeah. the mathematician, uh, who created the Pythagorean theorem also created a uh, short and sweet diagram explaining why he believed in God, um, and the 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 concept is it's a quadrant uh, uh, a quadranted box so uh, uh, four little box uh, uh, squares inside of a bigger square, and at the top you have an option of believe and not believe. And on the side, you have an option of God is real and God is not. And as you fill in the outcomes from either believing or not believing and the truth being that God is real or that God is not, uh, it, you can he created like, okay, well, if I believe, but God isn't real, I live a good life, I'm nice to people, um, and, and I, I feel a general satisfaction from living a good life with other people around me. Um, and when I die, I die. There's nothing more, but that's okay. Um, and if I don't believe and he's real, like it, it, he just kind of creates this, this structure of like the benefits of believing in God outweigh the benefits yeah. of not. Um, and I'd rather, um, as a mathematician, uh, I'd rather go with the statistical benefit of believing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of there's actually kind of what this reminds me of. Some modern atheists have a, uh, that's how they make peace with having people they love be people of faith. Is that, yeah. that very equation? Yeah. Look, Hey, if we're honestly, if we're doing this right, um, we're not hurting anybody. Um, and actually we're better to live with. Yeah. Yeah. If we're doing this right. That's, yeah, uh, yeah the, that's a big if, isn't it? That's the key. <laughs> um, 
but that's kind of what that that uh, phrase that, that uh, series of, of I guess that's a sentence um, uh, <laughs> is saying is hey look I you know if I suffer because of, uh, from doing good uh, at least I can live with myself and hopefully there's been a beneficial outcome for someone else even if I have to suffer but if I'm gonna suffer from doing evil. Um, then no one wins and there's no positive benefit. So I'd rather do what's good. And even if that means I have to suffer for it. Right. Um, any, I don't know as if I have any other questions. That was, I, I got very zoned in on that thought point and I, I kind of don't know as if I had anything else for the rest of this. Do you have any comments for, um, yeah, all of these commas? I have one um, in verse 21 um, when he's talking about baptism Mm -hmm. um, that it's not as a removal of dirt from the body but as an appeal to God for a good conscience that Mm -hmm. actually a better translation for that would be a pledge to God a pledge from God to give us a good conscience. Oh. So So the that would be a change of the action in yeah, that sense. Yeah, that God is the one giving us. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it's a change in the action that we are guaranteed a good conscience through baptism. Mm. Um, and it's not just a, re, a request, it's God's promise that we will re, receive a good conscience, conscience mm-hmm. through baptism. Mm. So, I mean, that's one of the, you know, people sometimes will ask, well, why be baptized? If God loves us anyway, and it's in a sense not for God's sake, it's for our sake, so that we'll be a better person. Yeah, we'll get some more spiritual tools and ethical ways, ethical insights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the The point is not to remove uh, dirt from the body, right? Yeah. So it's it's to uh, it's to announce um, and and dedicate to add to to, to Enter the novitiate of, uh, <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I did it. I did it. <laughs> you I used, used the it word. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, yeah, this is uh, um, I, I'm trying to remember who's the audience for this uh, this letter. This is written to a group of people, so it's not so much like like in Acts where Paul is talking to the Athenians. Right. This is just kind of like a general uh, general letter. Yes, and also, but with part of the audience being people who are un, who are be, who are under the beginnings of the persecution by the Romans, both oh. Jewish and Christian, who are okay. again still worshiping together, still buddies with each other. Uh, it's not true that Jews and Christians separated very early, uh, and so you know this this is written in the context of suffering being very likely for anyone who's Jewish or Christian because they're not willing to acknowledge the emperor as the one true God. Interesting. So this is, so in a way, (laughs) in a way then, um, what the author, the author is giving some comfort to, um, to, to the readers here, uh, obviously in saying like, Hey, look, you're going to suffer, but here's the reason why it's good. Um, but then just after that, he, it, it felt out of left field until you told me, uh, uh, the context there. Uh, he's like out of left field. He starts talking about Noah. 
Um, yeah. Being saved through water, which is, you know, still the story, but not exactly like the most direct connection to what he's talking about. So I was kind of curious as to why he invoked the name of Noah and that story until you think about like, oh, coupled in with that story is the people who didn't believe got wiped out. Well, and so what necessarily they didn't believe, but they were horrible people. Right. So there's kind of this, uh, you're going to suffer, but trust me, they're going to get their comeuppance. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of how I'm reading. Okay. That's the very American revenge movie scene. (laughs) But does that, is that not, because otherwise it does kind of feel as though that it's not exactly, um, right in line with what the author is talking about it or, or am I wrong on that? Because it kind of feels as like, wait, why are you talking about Noah all of a sudden? Well, Um, and yeah, if, that's one of those things where it, it's helpful to drop our preconceptions as much as we can to read mm-hmm. this. And so if we see the story of Noah as a story of justice being served, but not out of revenge, mm-hmm. and sure, just, that's, yeah. just what happens in life when people are evil, act in evil ways, mm-hmm. it might begin to make more sense. So that So the whole, well... You know, you can suffer for doing evil, or you can suffer for doing good, because people are going to suffer. Because right. in, in the time of Noah, the people on the boat, they had deprivation. They, it was not sure. an easy thing to do. And obviously the people who died, incidentally, we think this is just a metaphor, it's not a historic event, but the people who died in that story obviously suffered. And so... Part of the author's point is make sure you're suffering for the for a good cause. Don't right. do it just to put yourself forward or to um, have better commercial connections or to avoid mm-hmm. the the short term suffering by turning in your family as being Jewish or Christian, uh, because eventually the Romans are going to be mean to you too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and all this is going yeah. to collapse. It's sort of and to, I know we're running way long today, but it's sort of a, um, I see it very closely connected to the book of Revelation, where, which is also a book mm. of justice regarding the um, fall of the eventual fall of the Roman Empire, the inevitable fall of the Roman Empire, uh, which had not yet happened when Revelation was right. written and was that promise to the people suffering under the Romans that don't worry, God will win in the end. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is part. I think this is a very connected theology. Hmm. That makes some sense. That makes sense. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you explained uh, uh, the, the the background, the context uh, yeah. to the letter. So that's because that's important. That's informative. Um, then let's move on and finish up here with John chapter fourteen, verse fifteen through twenty one. And this is uh, Jesus speaking here. Mm-hmm. If you love me, uh, and it's the night of the Last Supper, just before oh, he's okay. arrested, and so he's going to be uh, crucified the next day. Okay, so he's speaking to his disciples then, right? Yeah, in okay. private. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of Truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. 
I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will, will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Um, so I think it was last week. Was it last week? Let me click back here and double check. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're kind of, uh, in the same, uh, we're in the same chapter. It's right. a continuation of last week. Uh, and he, this is rounding out the, um, uh, connective tissue concept, uh, between, um, the, the, the father, the son, the Holy spirit. And mm-hmm. now he's weaving them in, uh, to the fold and that, Hey, look, if you believe in me, then we're all connected in this. Um, and, um, uh, the love that I show you is the love that my father shows you and the love that you show them. And, um, and, and we're all in this together. Um, so it does kind of put a nice bow on, on, on last week's, uh, uh, gospel reading because it, it, it kind of finishes the, uh, the, the, the connection. So not only just a, a, a religious theology or, or spiritual theology here, but also, um, uh, creating a, a religious and spiritual community and, right. and, and, uh, and kind of changing the way the concepts, um, cause if you think about, uh, um, deity concepts to, uh, in that day and age, it was always, it, there's this vast separation, right. Between the gods and the mere mortals. And this is kind of creating a little, a little bit closer of a relationship than, mm-hmm. Um, than, than what would have been known, um, uh, particularly even, even among, among Gentiles. Yeah. But also I think even among, um, even, even among, uh, the, the Jewish faith, uh, a lot of the stories, uh, uh, up to that point, uh, up until that you start to get into the gospel readings where, you know, God is among them. Um, it's very, you know, there's, there's still such a feeling of separation in the way that those stories are told while there's interaction for sure, creating kind of almost this semi equal level playing field uh, amongst everybody does not exist in old Testament scriptures. Um, ha, ha, I say, I like it. (laughs) Yes. Tell me ha. Um, I guess the easiest way to do it is to to Google Moses' conversations with God. And Mm -hmm. you'll see all sorts of occasions where Moses is truly arguing with God. It's it's not an unequal relationship. Moses feels Mm -hmm. free to speak his mind, to disagree with God's um, commandment to what Moses is supposed to do next. And God changes God's mind in response. Mm-hmm. And Moses is still the key character of Judaism in the time of Jesus, and really still is. Um, and so for, for the Jewish folks, there is, there is a sense that God is intimate, that God is with them in their daily lives, that their daily interactions with God. And... Um, you know, we sometimes mischaracterize it because the temple in Jerusalem was so grand, but the mm-hmm. villages had their places of worship. And an uh, everyday Jewish person would have been um, 
devout in a daily, intimate, meaningful prayer life with God in a way identical to Christians today. So mm. the Jesus event, as scholars sometimes call it, really was more for the Gentiles than for the Jewish people. And uh, Paul and others really write about that quite extensively. So okay. um, particularly with the Gospel of John, which is the youngest gospel written after the temple in Jerusalem has been destroyed, after people are being scattered out of, the, out of Israel and Judea to the reaches of the Roman Empire. John's gospel is written mostly for, if not exclusively, for a Gentile audience. Mm. So this, this is for the people you were describing and for the people Paul was talking to in the first reading today of folks that were um, poly, polytheistic or atheistic, um, mm -hmm. were not part of the Jewish traditions at all. Interesting. So, so uh, definitely I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, but so this, so it's in a way, this is more of a restatement for a different group of people. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, the, one of the other questions that I had here, um, uh, was regarding verse 16. Uh, the word advocate is capitalized and he will give you another advocate to be uh -huh. with you forever. Um, is the advocate Jesus himself? Is the advocate specifically the, uh, resurrected Jesus? Um, what, like, what is this? Uh, what is this? Who is this person, or what is this station that is that is created? And, and I don't think uh, you can obviously, uh, which you, you do all the time. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall uh, seeing the word advocate capitalized elsewhere. I know the words used in other um, phrases, yeah. but uh, I don't I don't recall this ever being referenced uh, this way again. Um. Jesus does a little bit elsewhere in the Gospel of John. Um, okay. The Greek word is paraclete, and it can be translated as advocate, which is um, almost a, a, a counselor, as in someone very, both very wise in the world and also could defend you if you're ever accused in a court, but also hmm. comforter and um, helper. Hmm. And it's, John uses it here, and the other place it occurs in the scripture is in the first letter of John. So it does, you're right, it only occurs twice in the Bible. Okay. And, and it, to, I buried the headline, it's a reference to the Holy Spirit. Okay. It's another, and in, in Christianity, certainly that's the very widely accepted view is that it's a term that John uses for the Holy Spirit. What's interesting is it only occurs in the works connected with John, but also occurs in the Dead Sea Scrolls, so hmm. which were not Christian documents. So from that, we know within Judaism, because the Dead Sea Scrolls are basically from a Jewish monastery, to uh, give a, a cheap and dirty explanation, that within Judaism, 
the term advocate as a description for God was already in wide use by the time John wrote his gospel. Hmm. So John is taking a Jewish term that people would understand and helping to explain how Jesus, how God is present in people's lives after the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, oh, he's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I, I also find the, ne- the way the next uh, verse phrased uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, this is the spirit of truth, truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides in you and he will be in you. Um, so um, in one portion of the sentence, he's, he's like, uh, this is the spirit. You can't have it. Um, so I'm, I'm actually kind of a little curious if he's saying, uh, making is the inflection here that the world, the, the collective world can't have it, but you as, as, um, uh, believers in me have it because I, I was, I, I had always gotten the feeling if, if the advocate is the Holy spirit, um, that's with all in us, within all of us. So is he saying that like, the world collectively can't have it, but those who believe get it. Or is he more saying it's not something that you receive receive because it's already in you? Like there's nothing that you have to do in order to get to 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 get this, and that's the reason why you're not orphaned. Uh, in the next sentence, uh, I'm. You're I'm, right I'm on both kind of those. You're. Okay. I know. I know you see them as contrast, and most people would. Um, but I, John's a very mystical author. And I think, okay. um, and you know, I'm pulling on scholarship on this, that these are almost uh, are purposefully in contrast to make us stop, pray, and ponder. That okay, the world can't cannot see the advocate, but the advocate's within us. But I'm in the world, and it it gets us into a space that. A spiritual space that hopefully frees us from our rational mind because it's technically not really a rational argument right but it's a true argument <laughs> even though it's irrational mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's part of what to use facebook theology it's if you look you can see god moving in one's life all the time but if you don't look you won't see it mm-hmm. and so that's part of what that's a, a, a huge simplification of what these verses are about, but it, it begins to barely scratch the surface of it. Interesting. Uh, uh, I, I know that's uh, that's John's jam. Uh, uh, yeah. I like straightforward answers. <laughs> that's why Mark is more attractive sometimes. The Gospel right. of Mark. <laughs> Jesus, how should I live my life? Go forth and do this. Got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Feed the poor, done take care of the widows done. and orphans. Yes, exactly. <laughs> done and done. I got my checklist. I'm ready to go. Um, yeah, I'm not ready um, to, to sit in a dark room and ponder this for 30 years and then know what to do. <laughs> which is, kind of, which, like, to use your word, is sort of John's jam. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else about uh, this phrase? Like like you said, uh, or this phrase, this uh, this this gospel reading. Um, like you said, it's, it's, uh, the last supper, uh, just before, uh, the disciples, you know, entire world is going to be, 
irrevocably altered. Right. Um, um, so I, I, I do imagine that um, whatever was said uh, uh, during the Last Supper uh, probably didn't uh, stick right away, uh, which is probably mm-hmm. one of the reasons why um, uh, the, the, the writings came later. Because, uh, like, you get so distracted with the actual events uh, that that come forward, it'd be hard to remember. Like, what was he said? Yeah, right. Last night, what was that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, I just remember him. All I remember is that we went, we had dinner, and then uh, suddenly he was uh, the cops were there. The cops were there. Everything happened so fast. We ran. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, um, the, these, these words, uh, uh, would have, would have probably come back to them later and, yeah. and, oh yeah, he did say something about, you know, he's not gone. He's not, he's not going to leave us. He's, you know, he's, he's with us. And he said something about, uh, you know, he and the father are the same, right? Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I imagine how hard that would be to put these pieces back together, uh, after the fact. Well, on the other hand though, if, your very best friend in the world suddenly died, you would immediately, I think, try to recreate the your last moments with that person. That's true. So or or, or not be able to escape the um uh the memories of that, that yeah. you had with that person constantly coming back to you and constantly remembering like, oh that's right, we did go to this one town this one time. Yeah. And he said something weird. I forgot about that. And then he added it back in and Yeah. Um but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking particularly on you know the evening of Good Friday and on what we now call Holy Saturday, and of course we now call Good Friday. The 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 people who are part of the Last Supper would be just so carefully, not carefully, just automatically remembering what was said. And okay, mm. and taking comfort when they remember. Okay, he said we weren't going to be orphaned. We're not going to be orphaned. You know that may even be a something they had to keep telling themselves to keep from losing their sanity. Maybe, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. the, the, some of the, some of the stories afterwards, I, I don't think that they were thinking right for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been a great for a, a great, uh, 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 section of, uh, of, of quotes for him to have come back to, uh, when, uh, when he meets them in the room. Yeah. Like, don't be, don't be afraid. I told you I wasn't going to orphan you. What? Come on, man. Well, <laughs> actually, he does say something like that. The, oh, does he? I'm yeah. I remember. Okay. Yeah. But that's for another session. <laughs> that's, that's for a previous session. Yeah, that's for a previous <laughs> podcast. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, if there is nothing else, and I assume there's not. There's not. Okay, fantastic. Uh, um, we will wrap up this uh, podcast for May 17th, 2020, the sixth Sunday uh, of Easter. And uh, um, uh, we'll have our, uh, our worship videos online uh, at HFEC Videos uh, on YouTube, but also linked on our, uh, um, on our webpage, hfec.org. Um, and uh, until next time, uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. Stay home and stay safe. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, We love you all, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.